Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovia's inside Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. I am back, Joe. You've learned how to use the Kyocera thanks to customer support uh, at Copiers Plus. But <laughs> do you need customer support from me when I'm not here traveling back from Junior Canes hockey? I had a nice test from our friends at Copiers Plus. There was an agreement that they needed me to sign. Yeah. And they emailed it to me and they're like, okay, I need you, <laughs> I need you to sign this and send it back to us. And I was like, okay, this it's a test. This is a test. <laughs> I passed that test. Good for you. But man, yesterday, StreamYard, they don't pay us. We just use them. Yeah, we pay them. Listen, StreamYard, talk to me a little bit here. I listened to the podcast. Well, podcast sounds no, the sound fine. was good. I was I was at least, you know, there's 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 many steps involved. Yeah, I gotta teach you how to use audition to boost some levels, but that's about it. There's a lot of steps involved. Yeah, there are. And but, you have an old computer. Um yeah, StreamYard. When when there's like an alarm going off, I need you to tell me there's an alarm going off, not when I'm editing and I see a blank picture of me and I'm oh, like, what yeah, is hey, 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 what is look, this look sorcery? Baby steps. Because at least you had the audio go through the roadcaster this time rather than the audio was good, not having it set to Mac microphone and you get all the noise. So we had that. So uh, and, baby and, steps. Now, wait a second. Baby steps. It did premiere at two promptly. Again, more baby steps. I, I felt good about that. The rest of it, a little yeah. dicey. Uh, look, it's like driving. Uh, it's like driving with my kid now. C- Caleb's got the learner's permit, so driving back from Charleston, I was like, "All right, dude, time for you to drive." So we got through the mess that is I twenty six to I ninety five. It's funny where I twenty six out of Charleston is worse than that stretch of road on I ninety five around Florence. Okay, which is like those are like two permanent areas yeah. of constant construction. For as long as I have been road tripping since I was a wee lad in the eighties, I feel like that stretch. In Florence has been under constant construction. construction. Yes. Same Agree. with I-26. Agree. All right. Anyway, so once we got at I-26, I'm like, all right, Caleb, time for you to drive. It also happened to coincide with the fact that our friend Kyle Bailey, WFNZ in Charlotte, wanted me to do a hit on his radio show. So I was like, cool, I'll just time it so that I'm in the passenger seat while Caleb is driving and we can go. Although I had to remind Caleb, buddy, speed limit 70, not 60. Let's pick up the pace. Yeah, let's pick up the pace. All right. Yeah. And Kyle had me on to talk about ACC basketball, which we will talk about today. But it's like it's like the scene from Anchorman where they're at the pool party and uh, the Anchorman says, you know, Will Ferrell's character uh, says, hey, we've been coming to the same party for 30 some odd years. And in no way is that depressing. And Kyle was bitching and moaning about the NBA All-Star game the day before. It's like, oh, it's terrible. Why, why would I 400 combined points, blah, 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 blah. And I, he's coming out of the break and he's setting it up and he, he asked me about it. And I'm like, you know, you don't have to watch the All-Star game when there are events that frankly don't are not radio discussions or things that really get the people moving in terms of a topic. You know, you can watch something else. Same with the Pro Bowl. I used to say this is about the Pro Bowl all the time. Pro Bowl is awful. They got to do something about this. Don't watch it. Are you that desperate for football? You'll watch that crap? The answer, of course, is yes. But it got me thinking. It did get me thinking. Did you, I know you didn't spend any time talking about the All-Star game yesterday. I didn't I didn't watch it. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I used to love the All-Star game. I used to love it when it was on at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Not 8.45. On NBC. <laughs> I, I loved it when they had the generic red and blue uniforms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even loved it, you know, the year they were out in Phoenix and Jordan, they had the big cactus on Jordan the one right, year. Right, right. And then they started getting a little bit clever. I, I loved all of those. The three-point shooting contest. But you were younger, right? I was a youth. Okay. I was I, a youth. So I had a... You have all that time you, on and, the road. And by that... And when I was growing up, you didn't get to see other teams play. Right. You know what I mean? So it was like, I think I've told you before about Superstar Montage when mm-hmm. I asked my dad from the back of Sports Illustrated. Because... I was confused. They listed all of these great players. One of them was World Be Free. And I'm like, oh, okay. Who's that guy? My dad right. was explaining World Be Free to me. 
And then I was like, well, who's superstar montage? He's like, that's a collection of all of them. And I was like, oh, so, you know, when, when you got to see fat lever in the all-star game, in, yeah. you know, 85, I was like, oh, cool. Look, there's a deeper conversation where our entire culture of dudes, our age, dudes of around our age, all we want is to get stimulated by watching sports or entertainment the same way we were with kids. And there's one key part that you can never replicate. You can never be a kid again. Yep. So Star Wars is never going to hit the same way as it did when you watched it for the first time. I'm sorry. And just like these all-star games, it's never going to hit the same way it did when you were a kid. I cried when Kylo Ren killed Han Solo. I know that was kind of deep. Actually, that was spoiled for me on the internet. So mad about that. It was like some bot was spamming anybody who would tweet anything about Star Wars. And I saw the clip before oh. I actually saw the movie. Tell that to Conja Club. The all-star games have always been meant for kids. Number one. Yeah. And then you just hit on the other big part. This was your opportunity to see players you normally would not have been able to see. Now you have things like League Pass. Every game is on television every freaking night. The all-star game in Major League Baseball used to be special because this was the only time you'd ever see these players go up against each other because the National League and the American yeah. League we're separate. I want to see Dwight Gooden pitch against Don Mattingly. Right. That was yeah. the only time you were going to see it. Yeah. I mean, other than maybe they get into the World Series at the same time, which is the chances of that are very, very slim, right? And I would say that it wasn't Bud Selig with the whole tied game that ruined the All-Star game. No, interleague play ruined the All-Star game because you started to see these, these games actually take place. Takes the novelty out of it. Takes all that novelty out of it. And I was thinking about this in our conversation with Tom Dundon, owner of the Carolina Hurricanes. And remember, we had asked him, all right, cool. Stadium series is done. What's the next thing? All-star game? Bring that back. He says, no, no, I want another one of these. And I, and it, it coincided with the fact that it was a year this weekend, President's Day weekend was a year from the stadium series. We saw another stadium series at MetLife Stadium. And I, I enjoyed the walk-up unis, the walk-up fits for the Flyers and the Devils. Did you see that? No. So the Flyers showed up looking like Rocky in the sweats. Oh, nice. <laughs> and the Devils out here looking like Sopranos. Okay. Like they had the windsuits and stuff like that. Okay. And that... It's always okay to make fun of my culture. Isn't that just, funny? Just so you know. Isn't that funny how that works out? So just so you know. So the Stadium Series is an event. The Stadium Series is unique. It's a spectacle. And that's what yeah. you have to sell people now. You yeah. got to sell them on a spectacle. And the All-Star Weekend in a variety of different sports is no longer the spectacle it used to be for all the reasons that we just laid out. It's especially bad in the NBA. Because in the NBA, it's a, the all-star event is in the city and the parties, not the actual game itself. Yeah. And the event of the weekend ended up being not the game, which I think most people recognize will never be the game, but it was Steph versus Sabrina in a three-point shooting contest. That's a spectacle. That's an event. That's what gets people going. And I feel like we've been bitching and moaning about the dunk contest for 25 years. And it's just like, do you hear yourself? Do you hear yourself? And I don't think people do. The big news from the all-star game weekend was Adam silver potentially saving college basketball. Yes. That, that's what the big news. Yes. Adam silver potentially saving the future of Duke basketball. Yes. Was the real news of the weekend. It's funny. I jotted this down that silver had a buried headline in that. He said that they were going to reassess the G league ignite development, which started what three, four years ago. I think it was in 2020 when it started up and it it's produced some lottery picks. What do you got? Jalen green, You've Scoot got from last Scoot year. Henderson from last year, which Jonathan Kaminga is another guy that came out of G League Unite. He said, quote, the players now have great economic opportunity available if they want to take a traditional NCAA path and that the quote unquote unfairness of the previous unpaid model is no longer a major concern. I'm not sure what the future of Team Ignite will be because before there was a hole in the marketplace that we thought that we were filling. Now my focus is turning earlier development, it's turning to earlier development of those players. And he talked about the European model and how it's more based on practice versus games, et cetera. And it is interesting that after years no, of... This is not deep enough on the conspiracy level. Adam Silver's a Duke grad who's trying no. to save Duke basketball. No, that's not it, man. That's what's happening. No, that's not I'm it. I'm disappointed. You go on no. vacation, you lose your no. tinfoil hat. No, that's not it. It, it. My first thought when I saw this wasn't any sort of conspiracy or tinfoil hat. It was more along the lines of... <laughs> You freaking idiots, college presidents. Oh, yes. ADs. Yes. We've been screaming for years, for years. The NBA is, is you got to do something. You got to do something. You got to do something. No, you need to do something. 
much like what we see with Congress. Please help us. No, you control your own fate. And all it took, all it took was for colleges to go, ah, damn it. Fine. We'll, we'll, we'll bring in NIL and players like Armando Baycott will stick around longer. You know, Duke can have a general manager and they can have all these NIL marketplace deals. And suddenly the NBA folds like a cheap suit because the NBA is like, man, this is money we don't have to be spending because they're more focused on NBA has got bigger problems right now, as I related to with the all-star game, which is a separate conversation for a separate day. But to bring it back to college basketball or college sports in general, do you see how easy it is to save your damn sport if you just paid the players? The NBA just folded like that. Because you're paying players. It's not a conspiracy. It's just good business, man. I prefer conspiracy. Right, that's but fine. That's fine. No, I thought that was the big news of the weekend. And and you, I'm kind of sort of joking. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is you're going to see it again this year in this draft. Even if it's not great players, it's twofold. The NBA needs... Let's take Kevin Durant. Sure. Kevin Durant's popularity in part is because he spent a year at Texas and we were able to watch him and go, oh man, this guy's going to be something. And then mm-hmm. you have a connection to your point about nostalgia. Same thing with Zion Williamson. Uh, yeah, could Zion have played and just done dunks for AT&T and EA Sports? <laughs> of course, <laughs> of he, course he could have. But we, we have these moments. We have these connections. NBA wants players to play in college to have the recognition so that when they get into the league, there is a connection. You know, Scoot Henderson, Jalen Green, both very good players Mm -hmm. at at an early age, but you're looking at them and you're going, well, why don't I know who that is? Next year when Ron Holland is a a top five pick, you're going to go, wait, where did that guy go to school? That's always like our first thought. Mm -hmm. And the issue there, of course, is and what had really prompted Silver in some of these conversations, the players... First of all, there are more European players in the league now than there have ever been. I think it's up to 30% now. Mm-hmm. And second of all, the best players now, Giannis, Luka, Doncic, the, these are European guys. By the way, that's how you save the All-Star game. Go Euro versus America. Mm-hmm. Well, you know how I feel about that. There's no such thing as Europe. I agree. But yeah. if you want to if you right. save the All-Star game, that's kind of how you do it. No, but to your point, when we talk about the Get draft. Get on it. Hell yeah, man. On America. Merck. Merck. Team America. Just put Merca on the Oh team. yeah. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. So to your to your point with, a, with an eagle. <laughs> we are we are entering prime draft season in the NFL. And when they talk about Caleb Williams, when they talk about Drake May, we have a base of data yes. thanks to all the times they've been yes. on television. Yes. We have a you might not have watched a lot of Caleb Williams, but you know he exists and it's easy to go see what he did because it's all there yes. for you, right? With the NBA, and it's there's two separate conversations and what I always scream back in the day. Should players be able to go to professional sports as soon as they want to? Of course they can. Of course they can. They should. But if we're talking about what's best for business, what's best for the leagues, you keep the little minor league going because it sets you up for the next step. And the NBA draft becomes a better product yeah. because we've seen these guys time and time again in a conference championship, or most importantly in the NCAA tournament. And that drives interest towards the next level. And it's, it's, it's surprising to me that this kind of logic doesn't win out, but I, sometimes I forget that the NBA culture is a completely different culture. Again, that was another issue that I wrote down for the NBA and all these problems. Like the NBA has got this weird ratio where it's the only sport on a couple different levels. It's a problem, but I feel like it's the only professional sport where you spend less time actually watching games and spend more time consuming content about those games. People spend more time consuming podcasts about the NBA, social media about the NBA, TV shows about the NBA, a very concentrated group of people whose job it is to watch the NBA for you. And then you just consume that product on a night and night now basis. And it's more of a gossip thing. I feel like the NBA is wholly unique in that compared to say the NFL, major league baseball and the NHL. Right. But I think there's a way to fix that with this, with this draft and and everything else. But these are, these are like deep layered conversations. We can probably spend an entire summer talking about, but I'm with you. I thought the buried lead honestly was about Adam Silver and the G League Ignite and how they want to go about things into the future. So something to keep an eye on. Housekeeping. Housekeeping brought to you by Enovana. They're actually coming to the house 
today. Very excited about that. Check them out online, E-N-O-V-A-N-A.com. And you can schedule a one-time cleaning. You can set it up for a recurring cleaning. And I actually was asked this about a listener from a listener recently about when the question was, would you trust them to be in your house when you're not there? And I kind of looked at them funny. I'm like, well, yeah. Thinking, well, what kind of experiences have you had, right? Right. But it makes sense. And it's one thing that's important to know with Inovana. It's not like contracts on contracts on contract work, right? Like these are employees. No, they're full-time employees. Full-time employees of Inovana, meaning there's all sorts of, you know, background checks, W-2s and all this other business stuff that might bore you. But keep in mind this one very important thing. Because they are employees, it's a whole different level of ownership when it comes to taking care of your place. So just something to keep in mind. With Enovana. Yeah, check not them out. Not only are they going to do great work, but you can trust them. Yep. So check them out. <laughs> Enovana.com. <laughs> One thing on my road trips, I will say this about, look, there's, I, I didn't see any breeze throughs on the way to Charleston. Mm. And I'm kind of bummed that I did not see any breeze through on the way to Charleston because not all bathrooms are created equal at gas stations. No. <laughs> no, our friends. I tell you, we could find something else to tell you great about breeze through. If there's one thing... <laughs> They do it all. <laughs> they do it all, right? They got gas, which is important. They got great coffee. They got snacks. They got beer caves. But most importantly, underrated, when it shouldn't be underrated, <laughs> clean bathrooms. Priorities, man. Priorities. <laughs> clean bathrooms. So shout out to Breezer for having clean bra- bathrooms. Because, man, was I... Woo, I, I saw the standard. The standard is not the standard. Saw some things, man. <laughs> saw some things. <laughs> Maybe you've seen some things and you need legal advice. That's where Whitaker Hamer comes in. Check him out. WH.lawyer. Again, that's WH.lawyer. Attorneys and counselors at law. I did not have any speeding tickets, no traffic violations. I don't know how you do it. I made it. I made it. Even with my kid driving. I made it even with my kid driving. So it's all good. So again, check him out. WH.lawyer. So this morning I was doing what I typically do and I went through the Canes PR folder for audio. Yeah. They do a great job posting after the game and letting you know what had happened. Yeah. Connor Bedard in the house last night. I know some of the team dads that have season tickets to the Hurricanes were really stressing about trying to get back to PNC Arena after yesterday's consolation game so they could see Connor Bedard. Worth the pro- price of admission. He produced last yeah. night. He absolutely produced. He it's funny, I, I saw a couple tweets about how Man, Chicago is not... You might have even tweeted this. Chicago is not good. <sighs> Defensively, they're, not good. Canes took advantage of that. They're a minor league team. But you I, know if, what? If you're wondering where the Canes minor league affiliate went. <laughs> but you know what? They got Connor Bedard. Woo! And he made some plays last night to make things a little bit interesting at the end. So I go to the audio. I wanted to hear what Rod Brindamore had to say about um, Spencer Martin. Uh, I wanted to hear what he might have had to say about Freddie Anderson because he was in the starters crease in the morning. And I hit play, and, and this is what I get. Yes, Ah, the signature Joe Giglio giggle. The high-pitched, make it a joke or something. So what's this about? What, 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 what were you going on about? Yes, This is why he can't hear us. What were you talking about? Um, so... Well, you can bring Luke in for this party. I will. He, can, he can back us up here a little bit. Um, so for the third, when I'm there for AP for the third period, I go down to the press room and I watch the third period on the TV mm-hmm. and listen to Mike and Trip and type it up because you have to hit send like like you know, right, right. You have right. a very big, big. It's a very big responsibility, sir. Yes. So when I got down there, Tom, uh, who has replaced. Father Dick, as the person who guards the door to the press room, mm-hmm. said to me, hey, just so you know, they put an extra refrigerator into the press room that you guys have access to. He's like, those are all drinks left over from the Journey concert. So apparently Steve Perry's replacement wasn't very thirsty mm-hmm. on Saturday. So there was like a whole thing. Luke even found some LaCroix. I mean, it was exciting. Nice. Oh, the sugar-free, the one sugar-free Red Bull and what I believe oh, what Joe was laughing at was my joke, which was don't stop rehydrating. That's right. That's right. Not, and then, not a good one, but and, and then there's and then there's Gilio at the end. I was really hoping you were saving the goalie the whole 
only first place at Stanley Cup. And then it cuts off. <laughs> yes. it, it cuts off. It cuts well, off. you know, Rod's very serious. So I had, very to, serious I had to give him like, I thought we only used the new secret weapon for, you know, champions <laughs> and first place teams. No, none of this like last place crap. Like you can't give him any layups. What are you doing? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, you know that Rod's saw the same, same degree of humor in that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was funny. Well, I if I, if it was a true windup, I would have given them as for, for, Pure uh, purposes of our entertainment purposes only, Luke and I. I would have given them the. Well, everyone knows Nick Walleen is the real secret weapon, but but now, now Spencer Martin is the new secret weapon. You know so. what you could have hit him with if you really wanted to, just for our own self amusement, uh, is the old. You know, Paul Maurice used to say, "Sometimes these backups are as good as the starters. They just only get a chance against us." Yeah. Hey, but wait a second. He almost he did kind of give us the first game back from a road trip. I was I was worried. It was on the verge. I'm not giving it a full yes, but it was it was in the air. It the was broadcast, in the air. The broadcast did it for him. Did the yeah, the broad the, the broadcast clearly got the talking points. And I'm not talking about Maniscalco specifically. Clearly, this was a this was a broadcast wide talking okay. point. They talk a lot about zone time. Uh yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's a Palmer special, right? I was there. gonna say before I forget, you are coming with me on Thursday. We are going to talk to Paul Maurice. We're gonna find out if he was really dissing me last year during the playoffs. And we also need a don't even fucking start with me, Joe, from Mo for the record. We need one of those for like okay, a transition. Well, what time? Well, yeah, I guess I can book it over there after that because I had to move the beer podcast to Thursday at Providence show. Priorities. No, but they won't speak to the media until what? What Noon? time? Thursday, Luke. Oh, okay. but I got time. Perfect. I got I think time. you can go second, Joe. Let's do this. As you can tell, I go to a lot of yeah, uh, pregame uh, state availability. Why I felt the need to say it. No, it's, <laughs> no, I, it's perfectly no. fine. It's perfectly fine. I'm ready, man. I Look, I've been very upfront about how I treat the Canes. It's, it's the treat yourself of my sports watching. I don't have to cover the team. I like going as a fan. That's my thing. I like that's 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 my enjoyment when it comes to the Carolina Hurricanes, which is why I need to get off social media when it comes to the Carolina Hurricanes. Because let's play a game. Who freaks out more in the regular season at this point in time, in the year of our Lord, 2024? Who freaks out more over regular season results? Carolina basketball fans or Carolina Hurricanes hockey fans? I I think Carolina basketball fans tend to attribute too much to every individual game, good and bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas Hurricanes fans tend to, perceived gloom and doom around every corner and a good win doesn't say hey you know no one like with care like unc fans nobody's saying hey we just beat boston we're gonna win the stanley cup they're like we just beat boston but our goaltending still is like driving me crazy yes um so there's and and look i think that's well placed because when you look at this current run in the playoffs 19 20 21 22 23 it does feel like Lucy's going to pull away the football every time when you get to a key moment. And then when you throw in the fact that Freddie's not playing and you're relying on a guy, like no one on the message board was clamoring for them to pick up Spencer Martin six weeks ago. So it's, you know, you, you do feel like, you know, that, that there's always disasters always right around the corner. I'm Svechnikov's going to tear his ACL or Max Pacioretty is going to blow his other Achilles or whatever it is. Um, you know, so I think there's some shell shock there and there's good reason for that. So I would say that the two reactions are different. The Carolina one is probably uh, a hair more NC State-esque in the sense that like a good win means it's just going to break our heart at the end and a bad mm-hmm. loss is like, I told you so, this team's terrible. We're never going to win anything. It's like, you know, Joe and I were talking this last night. It's like DJ Horn scores 38 points in nine straight games. And there's always people going, well, you know, I'll, you know, he's got to pass more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, I, I, this is just... You know, it's 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 AAU ball. He's just dribbling around and shooting. Like Jesus, man, you finally got a guy who's scoring. Yeah. After your team couldn't buy a basket for the first three months of the year, and people are complaining. Oh, you know, we need to get you know Casey more involved. Like, no, let the guy cook, man. He's finally playing like like a star. Let him go be a star. Anyway, let's 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 get let's get existential here for a second. You know, for longest time, when you're young and you're coming up in this business. And you see the old guys that have been covering a league or a sport for a very long time. You can see that the joy has been sucked out of them. Okay. I mean, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here, right? There are certain guys in this business where you're like, man, why are you still doing this? Is that fair? Am I, am I out of turn here? 
Is this like a subtweet of a conversation? <laughs> no, not necessarily. Maybe it's you. I don't know. I'm not I, speaking I to you. Very, I feel very targeted all of a I'm sudden. Not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that to you. I okay. mean, if, hey, hit dog will holler, right? And that with the well, kids. I'm sure there's a little of that to be sure, but I'll maybe, just, maybe that's I felt like I didn't know where this was going. No, this is this is but this is what I'm saying. Let's get a little existential here, right? But sometimes I wonder if it's not. It's not us, you know, because we've seen all sorts of things and sometimes it could be a little bit of drag and we've seen things happen over and over again. And yeah, you, you can get a little jaded about stuff, but you are illustrating a point where fans actually can be way more jaded than the people who are covering the sports for a variety. Like I said, why can't you just take some enjoyment from the fact that your team won, right? And I know that's what's going to happen at NC State tonight. Like, there's almost like a, ah, oh, damn it. I had, why are you building me back up again? I thought this team was over. I thought the NCAA tournament was out of reach and they went and beat Clemson. Damn it. So now I have to pay some little attention to Syracuse tonight and I'm only going to get disappointed. Now, who's more jaded? That's why to your earlier point, I think there's some of that with Carolina fans too, yeah. because they've been on such a roller coaster ride, you know, a team. You know, the team that basically ran Roy out of the game and then the next year they're left for dead and lose to Pitt at home and and end up in the you know ending Duke season twice and playing for National Island. And then the year after that, they completely collapse. And then this year you've seen signs of both. I mean, I think that's a much better team and the pieces all fit and they're the best team in the ACC. But then they go and lose at home to Clemson for the second time in Armando Baycott's career, which is still wild. Um, that no other UNC player can say that, but it's just, you know, I, I, I think part of that is fandom. Um, you know, you, 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 if you're invested, you get hurt and nobody other than maybe like Kansas fans or Yankees fans in the day or Blackhawks fans a generation ago, um, get consistent results. So I, I, you know, I think that's part and parcel with the experience of fandom. I think in the cases of the teams around here, so let's talk basketball, the stakes are so high that nobody can have a level-headed approach to this. Like, you know, Carolina's had more success than just about anybody, and their fans are still on the edge sometimes with things. State, for good reason, their fans mm-hmm. are uh, a little shell-shocked. And Hurricanes fans, as we just talked about, over the last five years, you know, kind of still feel like that someone's going to step out from behind the corner at the moment they least suspect it. Like, hey, we're playing Florida in the conference finals. What could possibly go wrong? And then you get punched <laughs> in the face. So, um, you know, I think, I think that's kind of, you, you know, part of fandom but also in this area that dynamic gets fed more than 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 most places and part of that is because you have these multiple fan bases interacting and so everybody you know you, you don't really get to enjoy anything because anything that's bad for you is good for somebody else and vice mm-hmm. versa it kind of stretches things out of proportion a little bit so joe's lost in thought well i was thinking of what had rod had said to us a couple of years ago about he did because you've you've made this point about football we've turned all of our discussions into football Mm -hmm. where every game is a referendum Mm -hmm. on the team and the program and you know the the, the conference and everything else one of the things rod had said to us a while ago was i i couldn't handle that like i need to play 82 games i need to have another shot the next day and there is more of a season long, you know, up and down, but you deal with it and you move it along. Yeah. Are you trending in the right direction? Also to, you know, the specific to hockey, man, you could be playing lights freaking out at the right time as everybody likes to obsess over. And then all it takes is one hot ass goalie to ruin your entire postseason or one bad yeah. power play in the case of the Rangers series in 22. So yeah, there's and, that and, in the NCAA I mean, tournament. All it takes is, Oh man, this guy's now suddenly shooting 60% from the field. Like what the hell, like what the hell am I supposed to do about that, man? Like it just happens sometimes. The Carolina game against Syracuse, Syracuse after Syracuse against Virginia yeah. tech yeah. is a perfect example of that, right? Syracuse shot 63%. No, but like nobody has shot 63% against Carolina in nine years. Right. And that becomes a <laughs> referendum on this team can't defend. Well, I mean, yes, opponent three-point shooting was going to regress to the mean eventually. It was not going to stay as low as it did the first part of the season. And, yes, UNC could have done a better job on some of their coverages on Judah Mintz and um, uh, the other guy. Uh, J.J. Starling. Yes, thank you, J.J. Starling, the new Joe, the new Joe Girard. Um, they could have done a better job there. But in the end, sometimes if a guy's going to bank in a 40-footer thinking the shot clock is running out when it's not, yeah. Which, by the way, ESPN, that's the one play ESPN cut out of their rebroadcast. I oh, went back, geez. I was watching that game the next day. It was just on, you know, like ESPN U or something. 
Mm-hmm. And I actually called my wife into the room. I was like, "You're not, wait, come here. You got to see this shot. And then Adrian Autry calls a timeout. They go to commercial. It's whatever, 63, 62 UNC, whatever it was, 64, 63. They come back from commercial and it's 65, 63 Syracuse. And they picked it up literally from the moment that shot went in. Now UNC is coming up the court with the ball. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm sorry. This is not supposed to be. Uh, the point is when you get back and you beat Virginia Tech, all the questions are, oh, did you get right? Uh, is everything, you know, is everything okay now? Is this back? Because they, they played pretty well against Virginia Tech. I don't, they think they were in first. I, think, I don't think they were in fifth year the whole time, but I thought they played fine. They played well mm-hmm. enough to win, which is what you have to do at home against a team that can beat you like Virginia Tech. So, you know, and, and it wasn't me. This is what I was writing. When someone asked the question to RJ Davis, like, you know, what is this? Are you guys back? Or, you know, is this a work in progress or whatever? And he's like, I don't know. It's like kind of somewhere in the middle. And that was literally what I was writing. We try to fit these narratives to like college kids on a Saturday afternoon. Maybe they're out the night before. Maybe someone's girlfriend broke up with them. Maybe they got a big exam. Maybe they flunked the big exam. Yeah. And then it's like they go out and Virginia Tech doesn't shoot very well. And they finally feed Baycott down low. And he looks healthier after he looked all uh, wounded and, and gimpy at Syracuse. And it's like, oh, they're back and back. But those narratives don't fit. Like we're squeezing these things in. The reality is. It's a process, right? Process, not results. That's the hockey thing. But it is a season. You play 30 games for a reason. That's why it drives me crazy when people are like, how can you have Team A ranked ahead of Team B? Team A beat. Team B beat Team A. It's like, yeah, they played 20 other games. And Team B's been worse in the other. Like, you don't just look at one game to the exclusion yeah. of everything else. Head, I, don't get me started about people who get all caught up in head-to-head. But the point <laughs> is, we try to fit, to your point, we try to fit these narratives to these things that don't necessarily fit. When the reality is, it's it's like the weather. It comes and goes, and in the end, you get an average, and the average is who you are. Unless it's Florida. You just have to wait 30 minutes, and the weather's going to change. Now, it's funny about the narratives, because I was listening to the ACC teleconference yesterday, and this is something that's been... I'm sorry. What? Yeah, I was listening to the ACC teleconference. Wow. What? You don't do that either? I mean, I do when I can, but you now don't, that Josh wait, Pastner's, now that Josh nice, Pastner's not wait, hold on. Hold on, hey, on, a nice, on a nice spring day, you guys don't put the windows down and pump the ACC basketball coaches teleconference <laughs> through your speakers? <laughs> Sunglasses on, vibing, cruising downtown Fayetteville Street, listening to John Shire talking about toughness? You guys don't do that? Am I the only one? Okay. Wow. You guys are missing out. So Shire, I thought your sports talk radio kink was bad. Oh, no. Oh, oh, my press conference kink is even worse. So Shire, Shire addressed the whole, is this Duke team tough? Because that's something that's been, you know, speaking of narratives and discussions around teams, you've got a Duke squad that has the same amount of losses in conference as UNC. And we're trending towards yet another very interesting game between these two teams after it looked like that game in Chapel Hill was like, oh, man, well, clearly UNC is atop the league. There's a separation as to, to our point. No, there's still a lot of games left and think, things have bunched up in the ACC. But one consistent knock on this Duke squad has been about toughness. You know, what was that? I think it was Chris Mack a couple of weeks ago brought up the fact is like, ah, I don't know if they, they got a dog in them, right? And he was asked this question about the toughness. Do you have a dog? And I thought Shire's answer was pretty interesting. I think some of that talk is kind of it's kind of funny to me because you know how many teams that in the country right now have 20 wins and people are talking about how tough are they or are they do they have dogs? How do you get 20 wins without having that? And you know, our guys, you know, are they perfect? Have they had moments where they've uh, when I say our guys, that's our team. That's that's us as a staff, that's that's Duke. That's like, are there moments where we could have played better or we didn't play as we didn't play through the contact like we needed to? Of course. But that's part of you could show that frame team in the country. That's why there's no team that's undefeated. And so I think some of the narrative I don't uh, I just flat out don't agree with with our guys. And so he continues on and, and it gets to my larger point with Duke that I've been hammering all season. You can't make any proper assessment of this Duke squad. Because you've had any number of issues that have come up, like in terms of a complete team. It's been great that Jared McCain has come on. I know, Joe, you've been kind of asking, who's the guy that can take over? Who's that guy? Well, McCain looks like he's trending in that direction while Filipowski works through whatever he's working through, while Tyrese Proctor's in concussion protocol, while Mark Mitchell might have a knee issue that particular night. They just haven't been complete. 
And yet here they are as a top ranked team on the two seed line. And that's pretty good. All things considered, if you're Duke. I think the toughness narrative comes from how they've lost the games they've lost. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at the Georgia Tech loss, when you look at Pitt, um, you know, these are games where it wasn't like the opposition, like it wasn't like UNC losing at Syracuse where the opposition shot 63%. You know, you got beat on key plays, the Carolina game. You got beat to loose balls. Mm-hmm. You got beat on key plays. You got beat by a tougher player in Blake Henson um, at home who showed you up. Um, you know, Shire talked after the pit game, after the UNC, UNC, and that he wasn't happy. He was embarrassed. You know, he apologized. Like, that's so when people question toughness, some of that is because it's coming from the coach. Mm-hmm. He's questioning their toughness. That's look, he may not have thrown the Nike gear in the hallway or changed the locks in the locker room, mm-hmm. but after the pit game and after the UNC game, he did the John Shire version of whatever Kay would have done the midnight practice or the walk on starting, whatever it is. Like that, that the narrative is out there because there's some evidence to back it up. The other part of it is Duke's really, really skilled and can shoot the ball really, really well. Um, and when all their pieces are working together, it's a really good offensive team. I just don't know, and this is always a work in progress with Duke. That's typical. I just don't know how good a defensive team, like I don't know what their ceiling is with the players they have. They don't have a rim protector. You know, who who would you say is their best on the ball defender? Um, is it Jeremy Roach? Is it Proctor, I think, you know, it's, I think it's Proctor, but I, I do, do have to be on the court. Nobody's yeah. sitting out here saying, oh, you know, it's not like state where it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, Jaden Taylor is their best on the ball defender. Sure. JC Morsell is their best off the ball defender. Like these are obvious things. And they, you know, so and or, or UNC. So, you know, I think that's where that narrative comes from with Duke. That's that said, like I had Duke number one in the preseason. Like this is a team that has an extremely high ceiling. And I think the fact that, you know, you lose at home to Arizona, which is a great game and a game that everybody should play. Um, and you lose to UNC there and you lose at home to Pitt. Like you have these these losses. You're like, why isn't this team winning the games, you know, that you would expect a number one team to win? So I think they do um, suffer a bit from expectations that they're evaluated mm-hmm. differently, perhaps. Um, but in the end, I mean, I think that there's some, like, despite what Shire pushes back on, when you look at the games they've lost, I think there is some validity to that toughness, whether you want to call it, you know, getting after loose balls and hustle or defensive intensity or fighting through screens or, you know, Ding up on a guy who's kind of made it your mission to beat you. That's where Duke's fallen short this season. It hasn't been necessarily that they've gone out and shot 22% five games in a row. So I, you know, I, 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 I get where he's pushing back and I don't think that like Duke is a soft team necessarily, but the games that they've lost, when you go back and look at the issues, especially the the Pitt and Carolina games, it's it was toughness, mental, physical, whatever you want to call it, hustle, effort, you know, and a team like Duke shouldn't have those issues, not with the talent they have. I feel like that Arizona game is the one that set the die for the season. First Friday of the year. Mm-hmm. And they did. They got pushed around in the second half by Arizona, who is really Gonzaga. And we don't exactly always assign toughness to Gonzaga and Arizona. We, we think of them as West Coast, you know, up and down skilled teams. And I think from that first Friday in the season, we've had an idea of what Duke is or what they what they aren't. And I think all, even going back to the preseason, we thought Kyle Filipowski is going to be, you know, uh, Luke and I were talking about this yesterday. Like, where does he fall on the on the great white fours that Duke's had? Right. I mean, he's obviously not Christian Leitner. I mean, can we please stop comparing any of them to Christian Leitner? But. You know, is he is he like a Matthew Hurt? I'm already thinking about Cooper Flag. Is he Ryan Kelly? You know, like mm-hmm. Ryan Kelly was Shab a little Randall. Yeah, Shav uh, never got a chance to be Shav. He was the the screen setter eating his steak. But you know, I, I think we had an idea of what Duke was supposed to be this year with Filipowski and Proctor, and it just hasn't. And neither one of them have played the way that they were. We thought they were going to play, or showed us how they were going to play at the end of the year. It's funny because I'm watching. Uh, UConn and Marquette on Saturday, and I'm I was I was Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen, going, <laughs> <sighs> "I'll just say it, fucking Shaka should be at state. He would have destroyed at state. Mm-hmm. Think of the alternate gemstone universe where Shaka is running hot in Raleigh right now." And I'm looking at Danny Hurley, and I'm going, "Oh, that's who Archie Miller wants to be. That's who he wants to be." And then I'm looking at the coaches in the ACC, and I'm going, "Okay." These national guys who you get on for 
taken the ACC down a peg. Oh, they love these guys. I think they're watching these teams. And UConn right now is both of the teams. Now, Marquette got destroyed. Mm-hmm. But they play with an identity. Yes. And they play, like UConn is playing like off the charts right now, effort-wise. And as my as my friend but, Sidney Lowe like to say, effort is a skill. Okay, can I push back on something though? Yeah. With Shaka, Shaka would not have run hot here in Raleigh. I think he could. No, have. because NC State doesn't have a basketball identity anymore. Everything's been chasing no, no, football. No, but like no, in no, 12, more, no. What when he, he should have been te- there? <laughs> he went to Texas and found out real quick that it, the same. Yeah, day. but because Texas is not, he could have gotten the Baltimore DC uh, Nova kids in to Raleigh. Maybe he could have. Maybe. That's how, guess by the way, that's but, how the 83 title came but about. The, but the, the reason why I'm bringing up Marquette and UConn is because those are two schools that that's what they care about. Oh, yeah. That's what it's all about. Okay. And we've talked about this with NC state related to Kevin Keats. What's the want to factor? You know, what's the focus? And I think part of the ACC's issues, and we'll close on this, this part of the conversation with Luke, part of the ACC's issue is that a lot of people have been just chasing the football dollars. They're trying to chase the SEC. They're trying to chase the big 10. And when you do that, you've lost an identity of what you should have been all along. All right. And for some schools, it's no, you're, well, they you're took basketball. It for they ACC took it for granted. Took it for granted. And I think they're learning that lesson the hard way right now. And then on top of that, the SEC can go out and get whatever coach they want twofold. One, they can pay them and they can staff them, unlike the ACC, because they don't have that TV money coming in. And then there's the other part of it, too. You are a secondary factor. We want you to be good in basketball. But eh, you know what? If Nate Oates doesn't get it done at Alabama, no big deal because, hey, man, spring practice is here. We got to be just worried around the corner. Just around the corner. We're good on that. You don't have that in the ACC at a lot of schools. Nope. You just don't. And it's it's funny because the ACC ate the old Big East. And then yep. the new Big East has gone and done what the ACC should have done and said, hey, here's who we are. Here's what we're good at. We're going to sell that to Fox in this case. And mm-hmm. we're going to be good at it. And yep. we're going to win national championships. And we're going to do that. And we're not going to get caught up in this football stuff. I, you know, I, I'm the wrong person to ask because I just, I've come to the point now in spring of 2024 where I just despise college football. You know, these bloviating coaches and the, the war mentality. And it's just like, I don't like I'm sitting quitting, at the, quitting Georgia state to go take a position job at South Carolina because I'm oh, damn. Uh, oh, yeah. And then the, the whining about NIL. I'm only right. making $10 million. How am I supposed to work in this job with these kids asking for money? Like football coaches. Won't somebody think of the football coaches? Like, <laughs> shut up. You are the most entitled, whiny. I mean, just the whole bunch of them. They're awful. They're awful. And the sport, like, it's it's borderline unwatchable at times. There's 85 TV timeouts. And, you know, there's like three good quarterbacks in every league and it's garbage. So I'm the wrong person to ask. But I do think we got in-helmet communication now, though. So that's iPads. iPads are going to change everything. I I do think the ACC missed a trick. And we talked about this a lot. You know, the sort of NASCARization of the ACC through expansion. You lose Mm -hmm. what made these schools want to join you in the first place. The same way NASCAR did when they left Rockingham and went to Las Vegas. And what has NASCAR rediscovered? Hey, maybe if we put some money in North Wilkesboro, people will start to care again. And guess what? That works. So why shouldn't the ACC go back to Reynolds for the 75th anniversary of its tournament? Because they're idiots and they cannot take a good idea unless they think they came up with it themselves. Unless I, had it, a, <laughs> I had a perfect plan for an 18-team <laughs> ACC tournament. Monday and Tuesday, you play two four-team pods off-site, like in Charlotte, you do it at UNC Charlotte, you do it at Bojangles, you get two fold, you get four games one day, two games the next, you play down to two teams, the other 10 make the tournament proper. It's a 12-team Wednesday through Saturday tournament, just like everybody likes. But everybody gets a chance, so coaches can still recruit and all those things, but no, we got to do what the Big Ten's doing, because Lord knows they get everything right. I, I'm just so frustrated with everything right now. Like I, I honestly want to like start becoming a seminal booster just to kind of mess with the ace, like send them a check for a hundred bucks. Like we did with Jacksonville and artist Gilmore in 2015. Hey, like just, Hey, we got time. We got time ahead of ACC four days of ACC kickoff. Just saying we got hey, time. Uh, to you get guys, I want to tell you right now. I hope you guys have a great time. I hope you enjoy <laughs> it. Yeah. It's going to be a blast. I'm going to be so sorry to miss it, but you guys, you guys are going to kill it. I'll look forward to, to following along with you guys. It'll be awesome. It's going to be four of the best days of your life. <laughs> All right, Luke, get out of here. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Luke DeCock, he's an observer <laughs> on the Eastern Automotive Group hotline. <laughs>
Well, I guess my point. Here's here's Luke. Just hating it. Speaking of NASCAR, did you see where Homefield is doing some old school NASCAR crossover stuff? Whoa. Like old school Rainbow Warrior Jeff Gordon merch. I'm excited about this kind of stuff. I'm rocking a Homefield hoodie right now. Check them out. OG23 is the promo code. Homefieldapparel.com. This is a super comfortable hoodie. Imagine this uh, Rob Lowe-esque Homefield Athletic Department, but with your favorite team on it. That's what Homefield can do. So check them out. Homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code OG23. Big thanks to Hometown Realty as well. Check them out. MyHTR.com. Again, that's MyHTR.com. Interest rates are a point of interest, so to speak, uh, as they kind of inch down and people are, oh, well, you know, maybe I can actually get to the point now where I can sell my house and go find a comparable house or I want to up, I want to buy a bigger house, but interest rates have kept me from doing it. Well, now's the time, Joe. Yeah. Figure out what you don't know, which is a lot when it comes to this market, but hometown realty does. Six locations, more than 250 agents. They're in on the new construction, more than 65% of their business. So go check them out. Get those incentives with those builders. It's myhtr.com. Also, big thanks to Butcher's Market. I know a lot of folks went and got that Valentine's Day meat, the prepared meals. That's always great to see. But don't sleep on the lunch. All right. New location, Lake Boone Shopping Center. I know that's a busy area. Dart in. They got great sandwiches made to order right there. You want that steak and cheese? It's fresh. They make it right there. The and the hot dogs. Also, Italian, the Italian is also pretty good too. So again, check out the Butcher's Market locations across the triangle and in Wilmington. It's definitely not the piano. Hey baby, the I hear the blues are calling. Let's get out of here on some Hey Joe questions. That is a transition <laughs> to an obvious topic. No, it's a transition to a Gilio topic where you are convinced the heels are out to prove you wrong any chance they get. Yeah, they're, they've they definitely gone full Michael Jordan mode now. Yes, they took it personally. They really did. They took it personally when you said, <laughs> I'll, I'll take Wake's roster. <laughs> no, well, okay, that was a, they can take that one personal. That was shout, fine. Shout out to Brad Frischbrett, by the way, who just kind of snuck that one in there on yesterday's show. It's like, hey, have you said anything about roster comparisons between the Deacons and the Tar Heels? My first half Deacons. Yeah. But I will, I will say this, though, about the Tar Heels. I heard you yesterday talk about, oh, you know, they proved me wrong. You know, they won a game when Virginia Tech scored 81 points. We're getting really arbitrary here. I think the same thing. I think. I think are the same, we? No, I think the same thing are applies to the Tar Heels. We? I think the Tar Heels are very, very simple. Okay, very simple. And we've been right about the Tar Heels the last couple of weeks. Defense is your identity. The question that has not been answered yet is: Was the defense that we saw at the beginning of the season in the ACC in conference play you, or what we're seeing now, a regression to what you probably are? I still think that their identity is no defense. We've seen you capable of doing this, but there's ebbs and flows to the season. I get, you know, things can kind of get a little squirrely from time to time. I've spent a good chunk of time kind of adding context to Carolina's losses when they lost three out of the last five and things like that. Easily explainable things. I think ultimately we're still right. If Carolina is going to make a run, whether it's in Charlotte for the ACC tournament or in March, it is predicated on their commitment to playing defense because I don't trust them offensively to be consistent enough. RJ Davis kind of falling back down. Sometimes Elliot Cadeau is going to show you he's got offensive skills. Sometimes he's not going to shoot the ball. I think defense ultimately is their difference maker. Cormac Ryan has shot the ball well lately. So I think that's a positive. That's positive. Them. The people want the yellow pad. Give them the yellow pad. Oh, do I have to pull up the yellow pad? Where's your yellow pad? I have to hold on a second. Vamp while I pull because up. Because you're saying it's arbitrary, but I'm saying they're 17 and one this year when they give up 80 points, less than 80 points. 17 and one. Like, the only, the the only loss was the Georgia Tech. Defense. In a game that we can definitely agree was a little bit of a fluke. So, what do we got here? When the opposing team scores 50 to 59, they're 4 or no. 60 to 69. Nice. 8 and no. 70 to 79. They're 5 and 1. 5 and 1 with the loss to Georgia Tech. 80 to 89. 2 and 5. 2 and 5. Five of their six losses are when they give up 80 points. And of course, that 90 plus is the Tennessee game <laughs> Tennessee. where they dropped 100. 
There's two well, ways to win a basketball game, Joe. Definitely you is. scored more than the other. Like like Adam Silver said at the All-Star game. Well, congratulations. You scored more points. <laughs> Good for you. I think the two and five stands out in in the sense that like their identity and their talent is mm-hmm. on the defensive end. I think I was actually right about their roster. And I think that's what this recent stretch has proven. Okay. Okay. I'm not I'm not saying that to be a jerk. I'm saying it like what it was intended as was you have a bus driver in Davis. I think he's the only elite scorer on your roster because mm-hmm. Harrison Ingram rebounder. Can, he's a little bit of a better passer and playmaker than he probably gets credit for super hustle, but his strength is really defensively. Um, then you look at Cormac Ryan while yes, there have been some games lately where he's been shooting the basketball. I think he's another guy who understands the concepts of team defense, six year player, Here's a guy who kind of knows what he's doing, knows what and knows how to fit in and make the players around him better. Mm-hmm. Specifically, RJ Davis. Cadeau obviously is a variable. Uh, as Brad pointed out yesterday, the Heels record when Baycott has big games is not great. Not great. Not great. That's why I've always that's why I when getting into this conversation, I'm not going to get too wrapped up in the fact that Baycott had a monster game and they won. I'm not going to get wrapped up in that because we have more data to show. No, it's good. It's good that they can win that way. It's good, but I always push back on this business of, no, you got to feed Baycott the ball. No, 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 no. no. Let let RJ drive the bus. Yes. And I think that's been, I think that was the early season formula. Mm -hmm. Defend like hell. Defend like your hair is on fire. RJ hits. And then how do you support RJ as that real go-to guy? And I do think you're saying arbitrary, but the truth of the matter is when five of your six losses are basically because you didn't defend at Mm -hmm. the necessary level, I think that indicates this is how you can win. And of course, like you said, the the NCAA tournament is a random chaos generator, but we know the one thing that travels, that's defense. Defense always travels. Let me me walk it back a little bit. And I guess the part of my issue is that when I spend a lot of time driving, um, I've I've graduated from listening to sports talk in other markets to let me just consume a bunch of podcasts, right? Because, you know, I, I want to see what our new peer group does. Okay. What what works, what doesn't work. It's right? always sobering, Joe. You got to be careful with that. Sobering in what sense? When you realize who your peers are. It's, oh, it's, well, I, I mean, prefer to think of Cam Newton as our new peer. Yeah, but, but uh, I mean, when we talk NFL, that's who I like to compare myself oh, to. So. Right, right, because we're putting our years of experience Just in the so NFL you know. and our MVP season. No, 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 that's, that's our peer. Super Bowl. That's, that's our new peer. That's my new right. peer. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> very proud of that one. <laughs> Me and Cam and Draymond Green. Remember our first week, we were ahead of Draymond Green, the Apple charts yeah, for like a week. Hey, <laughs> these are our peers. <laughs> no. Yes. No, no. Yes, Joe, by definition. No. no yes, Joe. No, no, I I see where we are in the charts. No, most of our most of our peers are like a locked on, you know, like that sort of a thing. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No, I I know what you're saying. I I enjoy that. No, like in listening to college basketball discussions, I think part of my issue right now is that we're getting so locked into arbitrary things, right? And it's like, well, you know, when I want to tell you that this team is better than this other team, I start getting into arbitrary things about, well, you know, they're X and Y against Q3 and they have one too many Q3 losses. And you, you and I have discussed this plenty. It's an, it's an, it's a made up thing. Q1, Q2, Q3. And I could just decide today, Bubba Cunningham, the AD at North Carolina, and he's part of the NCAA tournament committee can just say, you know what, guys, I've decided that we're going to change the criteria for what a Q1 is and what a Q2 is. And is that going to suddenly change what we've seen? Is that certainly going to reshape how you feel about a squad? And I think that's ultimately what I'm getting at with your yellow pad stat. I know what you're trying to prove with the yellow pad stat, but I don't need an arbitrary 81 point to tell me that if Carolina is well, going to go far, it has to be on defense. But they also did prove me wrong because they're like, oh, you're over here talking about when we give up 80, we lose. Yeah. So what do they do? They go out and pull a Michael nah. Jordan and say, that's when I took a burst. You know, your bigger problem We're right going to give up a late garbage basket just to prove Julio wrong. The, no, your, your bigger problem right <laughs> now is that Wake Forest is not living Whoa. up to what that roster should be. Whoa. My Deeks. Your Deeks. Your first half Huge. Deeks. My first half Deeks. First half we don't deeks. pay any attention to anything that happens after. The, if no, only, I, if, I think we had a listener pointed out, like, what if we had a first half NCAA tournament? I, just play a half should. of basketball and you see it, what happens. No, I was super disappointed. I knew they were going to lose to Virginia. I hate the way that they lost to Virginia. Yeah. Uh, I don't, you, you try to explain Virginia to me. Uh, these next two games, though, uh, Duke, I mean, Wake needs to win both of the games this week. I'm with you. They get Pitt at home. They get Duke at home. And I think, I think Pitt, Wake, State, Virginia Tech 
are and Syracuse is still think is in is in the, the hunt there. Sure. I think of those five teams, I do think there's room for two in the NCAA tournament, but you just have to keep putting wins. You have to keep padding your resume. And then you have to get to DC and understand that the urgency and and what you're playing for. Mm-hmm. This is no time to show up and lose. This is a time to differentiate yourself. And I think Pitt. Let's be let's be clear here. I think Pitt's done a really good job of of picking up wins and putting themselves in that conversation. We're moving on. I am ready to move on from the winter and get into spring and spend more time outside. Maybe you find yourself in that situation too. You got to start prepping. Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, Mosquito Authority in particular, we are not that far away from getting your treatments to make sure that mosquito season doesn't ruin your spring and summer season. So check them out, bugsbite.com. Inside the house, outside the house, underneath the house, in the attic, Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, they've got you covered from all kinds of critters and moisture. So do yourself a favor, go save yourself some money, go bundle up and get go to bugsbite.com. Also, big thanks to Matt Davis. Speaking of your home, you want to make sure you got the best insurance possible while saving money in the process. And that's what. Ooh, can you pick up the QR code? Uh, get it on, uh, yeah, yeah. On the yeah. YouTube's right If you're now. watching on YouTube, you got the Matt Davis card and it has QR codes on it. So I don't know. Pause the YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. Pull your phone up to it and get your uh, QR code thing to work. And Matt Davis can start saving you money. Or you can be old fashioned. Walk uphill in the snow both ways and just go to the website. Barefoot theoginsurance.com or insuregartner.com or if you really want to be old school back when refrigerators actually had ice in them you had an ice box you call the phone 919-779-8277 again that's 919-779-8277 stylish <laughs> from our friend Ken. Hey Joe, what was better bomb for Julio soul state beating clump son or dad rock at the PNC? If only his deeks could have won my deeks. Um, concert was great. The journey Toto Toto was good. What Enjoyed did, Toto. What did Toto play other than Rosanna? Um, Africa, and there's one more. Toto has uh, hold hold the line, line. hold the line, hold the line. Yeah, that's the other one. They also play. They have a love song that you would recognize if if you heard it. You'd be like, oh, like I got Toto's. This is like from some sort of '80s movie. Yeah, I got Toto's greatest hits probably somewhere. Probably, Um, (laughs) Toto was good. They also did. I get by a little help from my friends, which was a really good version. Nice. And then Journey, I didn't know what to expect. Well, the new the, the dude that they have sing is great. The place was sold out. The place was packed. Yeah, and I was sitting here thinking, Journey is officially the Green Bay Packers. Okay, they had okay. Brett Favre, and you're sitting here thinking, well, how do you replace Brett Favre? And then they bring in Aaron Rodgers, and you're like, well, how do you do that? And now they have this Jordan Love, mm-hmm. and it's just, close your eyes. They run the same plays. It's the same offense. It's the same songs. It's the same hits. Okay. Right. Good stuff. Fair enough. Over to the YouTube. Uh, we got uh, Jay May. Nice Jerry McCain clickbait. You got me. That was from yesterday's show. That was a problem. That's my, that's my I fault. That was, was like a communication that's because I told you what we were going to talk about. Although I don't think I ever said Duke. I usually wait for you for Duke since you see more of Duke than I do. Yeah, I, I watched like I saw that McCain was no McCain's on my fantasy team. So I was watching a little bit of the first half against mm-hmm. Florida State. But no, Saturday, I'm telling you, I watch a lot of basketball on Saturday. That's great. Uh, yeah, that was my fault because I was in a residence in lobby to cooking up. A yeah, you were just kind of guessing what the thumbnail so would be. I'm like, you know what? Here's here's the thumbnail. Let's, I figured you'd be talking ACC hoops. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, fine. So be it. Uh, this is from Jay Kinton. Will you guys be talking about NBA All-Star Game or are we going to have that discussion later? Well, we had it earlier today, but this actually speaks to a larger, not a, not a larger issue when it comes to the NBA. But we're we're hearing you. We've gotten a couple emails. We've gotten a couple social media responses about NBA talk or Hornets talk in particular. I'm still trying to workshop how we do this. We're going to talk to Walker Mill, uh, WFNZ tomorrow about the Hornets specifically. As I texted him yesterday, I'm like, so if I understand this correctly with the Hornets, they traded a bunch of guys, got fun, and then they're winning again. Is that do I have that right? They still have a twin. That's true. They've got that. They, they've been separated. 
Yeah. yeah. But it's, they still have a twin. So that's important. So we're going to find a way to do some more uh, Hornets talk along the way. One of my ideas was like, we can't like front like we're watching a lot of Hornets no. basketball. So we bring our friends in who are watching Hornets basketball to discuss it. But I also thought about doing a Hornets haiku after every game. Yeah, I like it. What do you think? I even had one a week. Maybe. I had I, I texted Brian over at Nice Price because he's like our official uh, musician now. He's our house musician, the house band. House band. And I was like, hey, man, do you have like anything you can cook up for basketball? I don't know. Some like really janky version of round ball rock. And he, and he sent me this. Pretty good. What do you think about that? You think we're going to get flagged for this? I hope not. So we're going to start bringing in uh, things like uh, Hornets haiku after games, and, and we'll start getting you hyped up for that. Uh, this is from Random Frequency. Hey, Joe, speaking of Rob Lowe wearing an NFL hat, I've been making that reference a lot. In honor of the death of the ACC, <laughs> what's it going to take for you all to wear ACC gear, gear at the ACC tournament? I mean, decked out like ACC gear from the last 40 years, if you have it. Maybe even a shirt that says, I just hope everyone has a good time. Well, this year's ACC tournament fashion will just be our own merch. Straight up. Our own merch. Because you got to be your own billboard sometimes. You do. You got to be your own billboard. And let's see. We got two more here. Uh, this is from Greg Swaim, the aficionado, guy, yes, the aficionado guy, of all this. things re, uh, realignment. I'm sure ACC media guys like Joe Ovias say I'm full of ish, but that's okay. A year ago, so did West Coast Clowns. I'm like, what the hell is this all about? And I guess he's talking about it's shooting up quickly for the ACC. This is from April, April 14th, 2023. Buddy. Buddy. I've been telling you about this for a year. Buddy. <laughs> Greg. First off. Respect the hustle, man. Come on. Greg. I, I, I am. I am. I am. Come on. First and foremost, I want to thank you for thinking. <laughs> that was nice. I, I love the fact that I've somehow become this de facto ACC guy. That's fine. That's that's cool. That's cool. I, I only have myself to blame for that. Secondly, sometimes I think people forget that I'm extremely online. You are. And I remember things when it comes to online stuff. You do. Greg has been tweeting about the death of the ACC for 50 effing years man as long as twitter has been around that dude has been tweeting about the death of the acc so yes congratulations oh you clowns you said i was gonna be wrong buddy you've been saying this for 15 years when gonzaga finally wins right. that'll be me like i, I told you my zags i was right you're gonna like show up to roy cooper's house You'd be like, like the scene from Goodwill Hunting. How do you like them apples? Like them sex. Like, cool, dude. Like, have you not been paying attention? Clearly, you haven't been paying attention because we now have also been telling you, yeah, man, it's a matter of when, not if. It's just a matter of when, not if. And I have one more. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Did you show Jordan Stahl what I saw at the North Charleston Ice Palace? I it's did. an old Bauer promotional yes. photo with the ba baby stalls, a baby Eric, a baby Jordan wearing what I associated as peak mid 2000s affliction inspired Bauer gear, man. Did so, you show it to him? I did. We, we had a conversation. Did you record it? No, because uh, listen, just listen. Just take two seconds and listen to what had happened. Aho scored and was going to meet with the media. Aho sits next to Jordan Stahl. So Jordan was escaping from having to talk to anybody. Fair. He's got his head down. He's got his hat on. And I was like, hey, I have something for you. And he was like looking at me and he was kind of like, Ur. and I was like, unless you're cranky. And he goes, I'm always cranky. And I'm like, well, look at this. This will cheer you up. And so I, I showed him the picture. I go, what exactly was happening <laughs> in this photo? And he was, he knew without even, he was like, oh yeah, yeah. He's like, that was a, that was a Bauer thing that we did. And I was like, you are a baby in this picture. And he's like, yeah. What year was this? Well, Eric, what, this what, had to be like, oh, five or six, right? Had to be. Yeah. 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 But had he, to be. he was kind of super cranky. And I don't know if you know this, but Jordan Stahl's a little bit of an unusually large human being. So. He is. I was able to get him off of his being cranky and smile for like two minutes, but no, it would not have been a. Here, let's do a fun video for me and right now, please. <laughs> it wasn't one of those moments. Sometimes you have to, even after a win, 
read the room. I did text you like if they win because that was that was an important thing. If they win tonight, oh, yeah. please show this to yeah. Jordan Stahl. I have questions. Yeah. Like, does he still have the hoodie? No, oh, well, well, this will be a good segment for us to go back. And All right, I'll go back and spend ask. some time with him. I go back and out. But again, that fashion is his peak, man. Peak mid 2000s. I wonder if he had bedazzled jeans at one point in time. Mm. Don't forget that was a thing around that time. Or a, what is a Von Dutch trucker hat? I mean, that's what their attempt was uh, right there. Nah, <laughs> eh. I don't know about that. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. We will see you Wednesday. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.